Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, and welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. Great to be here. Thank you for joining us on Fiat Ministry Network. This is Andy Santis, and I have another amazing guest. Uh, I have Kimberly Zember. She's a Catholic author and speaker, and she's the author of the book, Restless Heart, My Struggle with Life and Sexuality. So welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much for joining us on Journeys in Faith. An honor to be on. Yeah, we, we interviewed you before because you were a guest as well on the Sewing Hope podcast with Bill Snyder and I. That was an audio podcast. I just want to invite our audience that um, if you want to learn even more about Kimberly, when you listen to a couple shows or podcasts, you learn even more about someone. So you can go to Patchwork Heart Ministry and look for that interview that we did with her on audio. So, but without further ado, you know, the show's Journeys in Faith. And so I wanted to unpack your story, if you could, for those watching. Yeah, um, you know, it's quite a lot. I'm 37, so there's a lot. Of, it's been a long mm -hmm. journey, uh, and it's far from over. But, um, you know, I grew up Catholic, grew up in a, a strong Catholic family um, that I would say was filled with the Spirit. Like, um, I remember my parents, anytime I was sick or anything like that, they were praying over me. So this was this was not a family that was just, you know, checking the box, going to church on Sunday. Um I, I believe the faith was real to my to my parents. Now, for me, I can say it was a little bit different. I knew a lot about God, um, but I, I didn't really, I wouldn't say have like an active relationship personally with Jesus. Um, went to private school, third grade through uh, eighth grade um, at private Catholic school. Then it was my senior year. Um, I went into, I'm sorry, I went into uh, public school, my high school years. And that's when really um, everything really kind of started to shift. Uh, you know, you go from like a, a little fishbowl to a giant ocean. And um, it was those years I realized like dating was super difficult because I had this Catholic foundation, right? Like I had the scriptures in my mind and some, a little bit in my heart as well. And so one of the things when I started dating guys, I realized that premarital sex was going to be an issue, right? Like these guys that I was dating, they, they wanted to have sex. And so I didn't, really honestly feel safe um and and nobody by the grace of god nobody ever took advantage of me or anything of that nature but um it just was really uncomfortable uh to be in a relationship and just constantly feeling like you've got to say no 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 and so i kind of just pulled off from dating um but pulling off from dating doesn't stop you from having the desire to have companionship right and to um kind of have a partner in life or whatever it would be and so I know for me growing up, uh, it was a little bit different. I, I never really saw myself getting married. Um, I know a lot of young girls did, and, and that was just not something that I experienced personally. Um, I grew up with two older brothers. Maybe that's why I saw guys as more as my friends than, uh, than anything else. But, um, you know, fast forward to my senior year in high school, um, there was this girl that uh, I had become really good friends with, and um, I had this attraction to her. Uh, she was beautiful. And um, there's also rumors that she was gay. 
And there was something intriguing. I, I've got to be honest, it's a little bit, you know, maybe awkward for some to hear, but I, I just think it's really important to be really transparent. And so there was something within me that was intrigued by this beautiful woman that didn't look like she would be gay, right? Um, and I, we got along wonderfully. And so it was like, maybe I'm attracted to her in that way. You know, I, I really didn't think much about same-sex attraction or anything like that. Um, I knew I got along better with guys. I never thought that I wanted to be a guy or question my own identity as a female, but I just more had guy friends. And so this, but this girl was different. And so now that attraction was there. And so it was a little bit confusing to me, um, but it was also intriguing. Um, and so we can know that something is sinful, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that there, the desire just goes away, right? And so I started looking at this girl through a different lens. Um, I started kind of wondering what it would be like. Maybe, maybe she likes me, maybe, you know, and, and so all these kind of questions came in and, um, and it was, like I said, my senior year. Um, and that was the, there was one night where uh, I knew what I was doing. Uh, this was not something that was, oh, it just happened. There was like, I wanted something to happen. I wanted to see what it would be like. Um, even though I knew what I was stepping into and what I was kind of planning was not good. Um, she was good. I had some good parts in me, um, but what I was planning was not. And uh, so, like I said, it was my senior year in high school. And that was my first ever encounter physically with a girl um, on an intimate level physically. And uh, I will say, and that absolutely changed the tra trajectory of my life. Um, you, you know, it was hard. Like as a senior in high school, you think, oh my gosh, I had a friend who was pregnant. Um, I had friends who were drinking, doing drugs, sleeping with their boyfriends, like so much going on around me. And I really did. I thought, what is the big deal? One kiss with a girl, like a friend of mine, why is that going to change anything? Is this really that bad? And see, in that stage of my life, I was more looking at sin of kind of categorizing it. Like, is it really that bad? It's, I'm doing better than this person. A lot of comparing was going on. And so, um, unfortunately I came to the conclusion, uh, on my own that kissing a girl wasn't that big of a deal. And so once it had happened, I was hooked. I mean, it, something happened with me. I, I compare a lot of things to food. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever to anybody, but it's really hard to say you're addicted to brownies until you've had one, right? Um, it, it's really hard to crave something unless you've actually tasted and experienced it. And so for me, this one kiss, it, it opened up something within me that now I was craving and I desired. And I realized slowly but surely, I actually even started to see women differently. I never saw women as, oh, could I, could I get them this and that? There was, there was none of that. But after this kiss, something kind of sparked in me um, and it led, we, we don't have time of course on this show, um, for all the details, but it led to me choosing to live as nobody forced me to not say anything. I was choosing to live a double life. I was dating guys, um, you know, on the forefront for everybody to see. I was going to church on Sundays um, and behind the scenes, I was, you know, dating women um, and not multiple women at a time. It was, I was craving companionship. And, and to me, a relationship with a woman was safer than with a man. Um, and I, I, I know many people may not understand that, um, but I just enjoyed it. It was like, you know, having a best friend. And then you also had some physical intimacy in it too, but I wasn't constantly having to say no, or, you know, that's enough. That's far enough. It was, we were kind of always on the same page. And so for me, it in a way felt safe, even though I knew it wasn't right. Um, I would love to say that, you know, inside it was just wrestling, whether it's right or not. I deep down knew right from the beginning that what I was stepping into was not good. I tried to ignore that. I tried to have reasons why I would justify in my mind why it was okay. But deep down in my heart, I knew. And so that led to a lot of other things. See, when you're doing something, I, well, I guess I can't speak for other people, but while I was doing these things and not comfortable with it internally, you maybe start drinking or whatever, lying, all these different things. So what started happening is my whole life started changing. I found myself drinking more. Um, by the grace of God, I, I never had a drinking problem, but it, it kind of helped numb and you just have fun and forget about what you're doing. Um, I started lying a lot. I was living literally a double life. To my family, it appeared one way. Um, I, I really did know that if I sat down and talked to my family about this, that I would get 
the Bible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kim, this is not good. This is not what God has for you. I didn't think I would get excommunicated uh, from my family or, or the church or, you know, um, I knew my family would love me still, but I knew they were not going to change the truth of God because I was experiencing certain desires. And so I didn't, I didn't really want to hear it um, because I didn't want to deal with it. And I, I continued to just say, I'll change later, right? Later. I'll just have fun now and I'll change later. Well, unfortunately, the longer I stayed in this, the more addicted I became. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I was addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever it might be. For me, it became an addiction to people. I started to find fulfillment. Um, I was finding quote unquote love, right? As, as I knew it, uh, love, being accepted, uh, being wanted, right? All these desires of the human heart that we all have. I was now letting uh, women fulfill in me. And so that becomes addicting because we're created with those desires. And so however we choose to fulfill them most likely become the way we might be addicted, right? Um, so for my my personal journey, uh, it, it was women and um, led to a lot of things. Um, I, I remember I put myself in counseling, actually. Uh, I think I was 19 years old um, without my family knowing. I was already out on my own and um, I hired a Catholic counselor because I really wanted to know what to do because I realized like, okay, this is real. Like I, I actually have an attraction to women and what am I going to do? Like, how do I do this? So I, I wanted um, Catholic counsel because I, I really did believe in the teachings of the church, but I didn't want it so close to home that they're like, come on, Kim, you know what to do. And, you know, I, I needed like an outside perspective, but still within the realm of truth. Right. And so the Lord's truth. And so I hired a Catholic counselor and that was really rough because I, I felt as if, I'm not saying that this is what, what he did, but just for me, it felt as if he was just saying, you're gay. Like, this is what it is. And love is love kind of thing. And, and remember, this was, you know, 15 years ago. And okay. so that wasn't a thing, you know? Um, but yeah, so the, um, the struggle, I think, for me a lot was hearing someone who was Catholic and a leader, right, tell me that it was okay when I clearly knew and believed in my heart that living out the desires that I had was not okay, that God had different plans. Now, does that mean God hated me? No, absolutely not. But I don't think he was enjoying what I was doing. I did believe that living this lifestyle was a sin. Um, and so it was really hard to hear. It was confusing because he was like, well, you don't understand the scriptures. And so I went to a priest priest kind of told me the same thing. So it was, it was a lot of confusion at that time. And then it brought confusion to whether or not the church really is true on its teachings. And so it kind of watered things down. And, and I, I kind of just washed my hands of it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of believe what they're saying. I don't, I don't blame them. Um, I, you know, I, I don't believe that was good advice personally, but um, because it wasn't, I, I went to a Catholic counselor for Catholic teaching, right? Um, but in that, continued to, to live a double life um, a lot happened. I ended up getting married, married a man, um, great man, but I was afraid. I was like, okay, if I'm not going to be with women for the rest of my life. I'm, I don't see myself marrying a woman. And so when I met this guy, I was like, okay, this man loves Jesus. And if I'm going to get married, because I was afraid of being alone. Okay. So there's a lot of fear running through my life. I was afraid that if I didn't get married, I'd be a nun and God bless the nuns out there. I'm so thankful, but at that time, it didn't look like a joyful life to me, you know, as a, okay. you know, 20s, that wasn't something that really was a desire in my heart or, or I was afraid of it, whatever. And then the other option was be alone, you know, and that was terrifying as well. And so for me, uh, marriage seemed like the best option. Got married and within a year, um, I actually cheated on him with a woman and she was married as well. And, you know, looking back, even at that moment when, when that was happening, I just remember thinking, how did I get here? How did I get here? I didn't blame anyone. I was literally like looking like what happened? Like that it would go this far. I really did. I, I loved the man that I married in the sense of like, it was like a brother to me and I never wanted to hurt him. But look, just ignoring desires and ignoring feelings doesn't make them go away. You know, and, mm -hmm. and the night before I got married, I, I prayed. I, I said, God, I promise you, I will never, I will never cheat on this man with a woman. I promise you. See, I didn't ask Jesus for help. I promised him because I thought I had to do it in my own strength, right? Mm -hmm. I thought this was just something I had to overcome, that, that I had to muster up the strength or I, I had to ignore it or whatever it was. And um, 
that surely is not uh, the case at all. And, and I couldn't do it. And um, long story short, I, you know, ended up um, getting an annulment. He wanted to work on the marriage, but I knew that there was deeper issues within me and I didn't want to drag him through it. Um, not saying that that's right or I made the right decision, but that was what I, I chose at the time. And, um, and then I started dating women long-term. I was just, I was living an open and out life. I remember people were, you know, my friends that were kind of living in the world were like, oh, I'm so glad you came out as gay. I'm like, I'm not gay. And, and they were always confused. They're like, um, you, you are because you just introduced us to your girlfriend. And I'm like, no, but see, you got to remember I, another thing in there. I did end up moving to Ethiopia and starting a mission in Ethiopia too, when I was 23. Um, but so people would try to call me a missionary and I still wouldn't even take that title. I was like, no, it's what I'm doing, but it's not who I am. And then I sold real estate since I was 18 years old. And so people are like, oh, you're a realtor. I'm like, no, that's what I do. It's not who I am. See, <laughs> I didn't know who I was. I just knew who I wasn't. I knew that those were things I was doing, but it didn't make me who I was. But that doesn't just instantly give you the answer that you know who you are either. So for me, when now people said, oh, you're gay, I'm like, no, I'm not gay. And it's not that I'm trying to avoid that title. I just knew it wasn't who I was. Yes, I admit I'm dating a woman. I introduced you to her. Like I wasn't trying to hide that anymore. And I thought now if maybe I lived open, maybe I'd have peace, right? Um, for my family, they did an amazing job. Was I happy with how they handled things? No. <laughs> In the moment, it was horrible. I didn't like to hear that the way I was living was wrong. I mean, who wants to hear that, right? Especially if it's something that has to do with your sexuality that ties with a partner that you might have for the rest of your life or whatever, you know, this is not just, you know, a certain food you like, right? That somebody yeah. doesn't agree with. This is something that has long-term effect, right? Um, but my family did such an amazing job of loving me without loving what I was doing. Now, I know there's that saying, uh, you know, love the sin or hate the sin. And, and I personally, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I get it. I can okay. see where it's tied to scripture, but the phrase you can love a person and not love what they do to me, doesn't put someone's, you know, kind of on, on defense, you know, it's like, and I think we could all as human beings agree, like I can love someone and not love everything that person does. Right. So it's separating yes. the person from the actions and, and my mom, especially, um, but my, my whole family, but my mom, especially did such an amazing job. I will tell you though, for real in the moment, I just wished all of them would have agreed with me. And they're like, you know what? It doesn't matter, Kim. We love you. Come to Christmas. Bring your girlfriend. You know, and because then you don't have to ever think about it. Even though I think I still would have, because at one point in this journey, my brother did do that, um, but I still had that that small, still whisper in my heart. Um, but I will say, and I'm I'm so thankful to God that my family loved me well. They really did. My mom said something once um, along the lines that she cared more about my soul than just my smile. Um, and, and really, I think it's John Paul II that says, St. John Paul II that says, loving someone is desiring heaven for them. Mm, right? Amen. And, and I really do. Yeah, and I believe my family, as hard as it was, I know for my mom, it was super hard, you know, like to put her in that position. I remember asking her, so mom, if I, if I get married, you're not going to come? And she's like, no, Kim, I cannot celebrate what God doesn't celebrate for your life. I, I, even if I kind of desire to. I love you too much. And it, it was so frustrating to hear, like, I, honestly, and it made me mad at her. Sometimes I wouldn't talk to her for a while. Um, but deep down, deep down, and I knew that my mom loved me. I really did. And, and there was times where I wanted to try to convince myself that she didn't, you know, or that my family didn't. But at the end of the day, I, I knew that my family loved me. And it just was hard. It was hard to deal with. Um, but in that, um, you know, so I was now openly dating women. You know, my family still loving me, accepting me, but really wasn't, I never felt comfortable bringing my girlfriends over for family functions just because I knew where they stood, you know, and though they would never be hateful, it would just be awkward. And so like, I chose not to, that would always cause some sort of rift within my relationship too, because then now you're not with the person you care about on holidays and things like that. So it was, it was, it was messy and I don't blame my family for that. Um, that was decisions I was making. Um, so I, I never really was at peace, even when I was out 
right? And and openly dating women, you know, people are like, oh, well, people started judging you. No, people liked me even more. It was weird. I'm like, what is happening? Like nobody, I didn't lose any friends. I didn't lose any family members. And so there was nothing that was like forcing me out of this lifestyle, but I did not have peace inside. Mm. Now I'm living open and good. Like, why am I not happy still? I was still restless. At the end of the night, if there was no substance, no drinking, no something to alter me, then I was still just toiling and wrestling. Like I knew it's almost like when you eat a meal, you're full, but if it wasn't really good for you, you're not like satisfied. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I had this lack of satisfaction, right? And I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And the, and the girls that I was dating were, were wonderful girls. It was, you know, they, they were great, but so it wasn't about them. Um, and it wasn't actually until I got cheated on. Um, one of my girlfriends, I was actually serving in Ethiopia and she had cheated on me. And, um, and I had known, I, I knew, and, and people, you know, they're like, wow, so you really walked away from God. I didn't actually, I wanted, I really did. I wanted to listen to the Lord. I just didn't know that I needed his help to listen to him. I didn't, I wanted to love him, but I didn't know I needed his help and his love, right? To even love him back. Like I, I put this all on myself, like a works-based relationship. Mm, that's right? a revelation. Oh yeah. And I was failing royally. <laughs> and so when I got cheated on by the grace of God, truly, I'm so thankful that he allowed that to happen. And it woke me up. I was like, you know what? This has to do with me something is up. This is, I can blame all the people around me, or I can look and really notice that I'm the common denominator in a lot of these failures. Right. And so I threw my hands up. It was October 17th, 2014. And I surrendered. I said, Jesus, I surrender. I am done. I am sick and tired of pretending to be God of my own life. I'm doing a horrible job. I'm hurting everybody in my path and I'm hurting myself as well. I've been divorced. I've, I've crushed people that I genuinely care about. I don't even know how to love. Please mm -hmm. teach me. Teach me how to live this life because I trust that you are good and I have not surrendered to you. So I give you everything I got. And it was incredible. From that moment on, I went to a prayer meeting. I was slain in the spirit. Um, and a lot happened as all the details are in the book uh, and a lot more that I jumped over, of course. Um, but life has been different since then. Have I been perfect? Absolutely not. Have I fallen? Absolutely. Have I stumbled? Absolutely. Have I made stupid decisions? Absolutely. I'm still human. Do I celebrate those? Absolutely not. Not one of them. And every time that I've fallen or I've, I've it, and that doesn't even mean um, even in a necessarily sexual way, just whatever, fallen from, actually I'll say it and turn from the Lord, right? Like turned away from him and his love and turned to something or someone else. It's now in my heart, like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want this. Like there is a absolute heart transformation that has happened and is continuing to happen in my life, right? The Lord says, Jesus says, he wants to give us a new heart, right? He wants us to be born again. All the things that we struggle with, whatever it is, he wants to bring us into new life. And so I can say that I am currently and have been experiencing that new life. Is it perfect? Nobody's life is. I mean, I would love to meet someone who who's married in a heterosexual relationship that says, oh, yep, every day's perfect. It's, it's just not <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But when there's a when there's a joy in the midst of these struggles, when there's a joy and, and a desire. See, now I I'm I know Jesus personally. Now I, I don't say that arrogantly, but I have a relationship with him. He's coming back as a bridegroom for a bride. That's intimate. That's love. And what I'm starting to realize is that all the desires that I've had in my heart since I was young, he wants to be the one to fulfill them. And I just went to so many other things, even materialism, all the other things of the world, people, women, men, stuff. To fulfill them and i was never satisfied it is not until now that i'm saying you jesus be the satisfaction of my heart of the the desire to be loved to be to be known to be seen to be wanted please fulfill those and when he does oh my goodness you don't go out into the world as an orphan when you really understand not just here but here right when all that head knowledge seeps into the heart his love transforms and i and i now know I know here and I know here that I am a beloved, not just a child of God, which is already blows my mind, but that he says, Kim, you are my beloved. I love you. And I'm like, but I'm, but I'm, look how much I've messed up. He says, I love you. I love you. Not because of what you've done. I love you because I see you through the eyes of my son. I see you through Jesus Christ and his blood, 
right? And, and the life you lay down every day to him, I see you through that lens and he sees, it's just different. It's, it's stuff I didn't hear on Sunday, you know, and I'm not blaming priests, but like, this is a love relationship. And I've been seeking love my whole life. And I didn't know it was right there, found in God. The very one I was praying to, the very one I was asking to take desires from me, wanted to fulfill every desire I had in my heart. Mm, so incredible. I love your story. And I just want to invite people to buy, to go on Amazon or your website and buy Restless Heart. And, and the tagline for the book, again, is My Struggle with Life and Sexuality by Kimberly Zember. And I want to give you her websites too. She got two, right? One is the overcomemin.com and the other one is unforgottenfaces.org. Now we're going to unpack both of those during the second half of the show. Um, I just wonder when you were talking about that moment that you went to the prayer meeting or whatever that event was, do you happen to remember the date? Because I know that sometimes when you have those times, like those, that day or that time sticks in your head as to when that moment happened in your life. Oh yeah, that that there was a branding on my soul <laughs> that <laughs> evening. It was actually a Protestant meeting. It was October seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. Oh, oh my goodness! So you do remember? Wow, that's incredible. That's when your life kind it's of like to, wasn't perfect after that, right? I mean, nobody's is, but you were on a journey to say that you wanted to seek God in a greater way. You wanted to turn from you know things of the past, whatever those things were. Like you said, it could have been women, could have been things, could have been alcohol, it was a lot of whatever it was. You wanted yeah. to turn and, and from to that. Me, yeah, that's the time where he says, you know, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. See, he's there. He's just waiting for that response. And October 17th, 2014 was when I said, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, I'm doing all of it because I need you. I need you. I'm desperate. I actually needed Jesus as a savior. Whereas I thought I had it all before and I, and I had nothing. So. Mm, I love your story. And, you know, we have a lot more to talk about. Now we are at that halfway point. So we do have to take a quick break, but I want to invite all of you who are watching do join us for the second half because you're going to learn more about her story. And also, you know, all of you are watching from different areas of the country or maybe even outside of the country. And, you know, what Kimberly can do also is come to your parish, diocese, church group, university, and she can talk about her issues and about her ministry too. So keep an eye here on, on Journeys in Faith. We'll be back in just a few minutes. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. 
but it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my family. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skills. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit. And you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. So we are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you gonna participate in? Are you gonna participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith on this Friday evening. And, you know, you heard on the first half, uh, Kimberly Zember's story. And she, as I said, she's the author of the book, Restless Heart, My Struggle with Life and Sexuality. And she really unpacked for us, you know, from the beginning to the end, the way she was raised, what happened, uh, and her lifestyle, and how there was a moment in her life that the Lord came to her in a greater way. And, and now she's in full-time ministry. So uh, let's pick up, if we could, Kimberly, with, so once that moment happened in your life, and I think you told me that it was in October of 2014. What was the date again? The 17th? 17th, yeah. October 17th. So after that happened in your life, so what, what happened after that? What came next? Because obviously there was a point A to point B with what you're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot happened, um, and it's still happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a journey, journey of faith. And so, in that, you know, um, what what happened after October seventeenth was really, I asked the Lord to be my savior. I said I I wanted to want Him more than I wanted anything else. That didn't so by His grace, I think there was a part of me that He let me know, like that doesn't mean that every desire is going to go away. But whatever desire is stronger is the one you'll probably feed. And so I was asking the Lord, like, I want to know you. I want to taste you. I want to see. He says in his scriptures, taste and see that I am good. I'm like, I need to taste you. I need to see that you're good if I'm going to leave these other things. Like, show me that you're better. You say you're better. And I, I want to trust that, but I need to experience. And, and so he was, he was allowing me to experience him in these great ways. Like mass was different. This was no longer, oh, I got to go to mass. I desire to go to mass. I desired the scriptures. I was reading the Bible every day. I could not get enough. If I, I always say, if it smelled like Jesus, resembled Jesus, I wanted it. I was going to Protestant prayer meetings. I was going, I was listening to worship music. I was doing Bible study. I mean, anything I could to get more, I could not get enough of him. I could mm -hmm. not get enough of him. So this was not about no longer suppressing feelings or desires. This was now, it's okay, back to food, right? If you're eating fast food your whole life, and then all of a sudden someone cooks you this home banquet, right? Homemade meal, 
you don't want to go through the drive-through. You're like, well, how do mm -hmm. I get more of that? Whatever I need, how do I get more of that? And that is what was happening. And see, I have found in my life what it's, it's not about ignoring feelings or desires. Mine is about like, God, why do I want to be loved? And he says, can you give me your heart? And I'll show you. And when, and so what was happening was he was starting to show me the ways he desired to fulfill my desires, if that makes sense. So it wasn't yes. like, oh, well then, yes, I'm just not allowed to be loved, right? No, why would he do that? That would not be a loving father, right? A loving father, God, Abba Father would never do that to us. Mm. He created us to be loved, but he wants to be the one to fulfill that. And so really all that was happening, he wasn't taking away my desires. He was sanctifying them, right? Like literally it was like, okay, I actually, like I have so many friends that are women. Uh, I say girlfriends and people are like, uh, I was like, no, they're, they're friends who are girls. Like, friends. and we have, in yeah, we have intimate friendships. It, now, when I say intimate, right, the world always wants to take that and be like physical, sexual. No, intimacy is a closeness right? And that doesn't, yes, sometimes there's physical intimacy that people have in relationships. I no longer have the physical sexual intimacy and I am way more fulfilled than I've ever been. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I also think there's the reality when, when your desires have been met in a holy way, you're not still looking for ways to fulfill them. They're fully, wholly fulfilled. And so for me, I'm not like, oh, I can't look at that woman or I can't look at that man or I can't, no, it's not about the can'ts. When you're, there's a saying, when you do the do's, you don't do the don'ts. <laughs> and so for me, as I'm, I'm taking in more of the Lord and, and, and allowing him to fulfill me, I, I'm not worried about what I can't do. Cause I'm, it's like I said, I just, I, you drive past the drive-through cause you're like, I know what I'm going to feed on, you know? And so, um, it's, it's been a continual journey of that. Um, I didn't want to get in ministry. You know, I had the ministry still going all this time in Ethiopia, serving widows and orphans. I didn't, I wasn't looking for another ministry, um, to be honest that, you know, I was selling real estate still. Um, but even, even making money kind of lost its luster. You know, I knew I had to make it, but it was like, I just wasn't driven by that anymore. And so I, I just kind of started pulling back a little bit in real estate and just making what I needed to and not be got to make more, got to make more, you know, trying to feel important or, you know, have some stamp from the world, you know, or whatever. Um, so for me, I, I just started spending more time with the Lord. And what happened is I'd go to conferences or things. Um, I got asked to speak at a, a prison um, one time and, and share my story because one woman heard about it because she was a friends with a friend of mine that knew. And so it just happened organically and naturally. I didn't want, I mean, actually, I actually told the Lord, I was like, look, you've got my whole life. It's yours anyways. You, it's, you gave it to me and I give it back to you. But I did tell him, I was like, but the sexuality thing, that's between you and me. Like, mark my words. I, I literally did. I was like, mark my words. I will never share about sexuality. <laughs> and now. And now yeah. you are. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. can fill in the blanks, but. It's just, it's amazing. And to see so many women and men and, and young people and, and older people say, I feel like I'm hearing my own life. Like, why are more people not talking about this? How? And I said, I don't know. I didn't hear anybody talk about it when I was struggling either. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to tell anybody that they're horrible or they're bad. No, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. Right. And so he invites all into this freedom that only he can give if we choose to, to surrender. And so I believe it's the most beautiful message we can share with the world. I, it's the most, most beautiful message for my life and it's transforming. It transformed and continues to transform mine. I would be a jerk to not want to share it with everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I love your ministry. And it seems to me that you, the Lord pointed you in a different direction away from those things that were like bad for your soul. I mean, and by that, I mean like those addictions, you know, that we all, we all can have some kind of an addiction to something, you know? And so it, it's, to me, it sounds like that that's what he did. He's got you more in a direction of, you know, serving too, right? Because isn't that what you're doing now with this ministry that you're doing is you're, you're serving others by sharing your story. And so uh, yeah. let me just repeat again, those websites, because I'd like to talk about both. Um, the first website is your overcomemin.com. And I'm sure that our producer at some point is going to be showing, uh, showing that website. So uh, tell us then, um, what it, tell us about your ministry. So what you do, because I know right now you're in Minnesota 
and you are talking yes. to, if I believe so cor correctly, students. So tell us about what you do with your uh, your talks and all the, the engagements that you're doing right now. Yeah, so uh, super blessed to be invited uh, to different places. I just uh, shared at a women's conference, um, a one-day women's conference, and uh, then now out here at a university um, sharing with the university students. It's actually open to the public as well. Um, so this is not like secretive stuff. It's just, it's the message of Christ through my little journey, right? Like for me, same-sex attraction was something, but like you said, everybody struggles with something. And, and I think one of the worst things we could do as Christians, um, as human being to human being, is start saying yours is worse than mine. And mine is way better. Than, you know, it's like, whoa, sin is sin. And, and we yes. shouldn't love sin no matter what. We should love people. And the Lord needs to help us to do that, right? First and foremost, he needs to teach us how to love ourselves in the midst of right where we're at and then how to love one another. And so I think, you know, the ministry overcome is, is really, like I said, it just kind of spurred it out of the ground. Um, and, and what it is, is, is to share the love of Christ. Um, people might be, oh no, you have an agenda. No, my, my only agenda is to be loved by Christ more, to learn how to love him more and to share how good a life of loving him is. And if people want to hear great. If you don't, don't come. <laughs> if yeah. you don't want to hear it, like, never force myself on I get invited I'm not like knocking on people's doors asking if I can come and share you know and and it's out there if if people want to hear it amen if they don't amen we're all at different places in our life we need to respect that in one another I don't go out and and speak against people I share the journey that the Lord has me on and if people can relate they've got questions let's talk if they think it's absolutely stupid okay. <laughs> I'm just thankful I'm not divine, uh, defined by what people think of my journey, right? I know whose I am. See, I was living my life. And that's something, especially with these young people, is like, I think we're just always in this search of who am I? Who am I? And God's like, no, actually the answer is whose you are. W-H-O apostrophe S. Who do you belong to? That's the answer to everything. Because as I find out, and I've, I come into a greater revelation through his spirit, of whose I am, that I belong as a beloved child to God through the blood of Jesus Christ, I find out who I am, right? Because all the other stuff the world says no longer matters when the God who created the entire universe, who came down and died on Calvary Hill, gave everything for me, ain't nothing going to top that. So I, it's just, it changes everything. Yeah. I love how you describe that because it's right. It's whose you are. And you've discovered that. And I also like the way that you do your ministry because you're not forceful about it at all. You know, I mean, ministries and nonprofits are not supposed to be that way, I don't think. I mean, they're supposed to be more inviting and not uh, in a pushy way. So I, I do like that, uh, your whole way that you approach what you do, because it's a gift, right? It's a gift. And you want to share the gifts that God has uh, given you. Yeah, gifts should never be forced on someone, you mm -hmm. know? Like, oh, you must get a lot of hate. And I'm like, no, by the grace of God, because I'm not forcing this. Like, if, if somebody doesn't want to listen to the podcast or they think that I'm I'm a, a liar or whatever, then they have the free will by the beauty of God to shut it off, right? Like, I'm not going to tell you you're living your life wrong. I don't know. But people have said, too, like, how could you say what is sin? I'm like, that's the beauty. I don't have to say what sin is. God has said what, what is sinful. And, and remember, sin is only turning from him, right? So that means we, we've turned in some way, in some shift away from him, which means we're not able to receive the fullness of his love. So I don't have to say what is sinful and what is not. I only repeat and I read and I believe what God has said, right? So it's not on me to determine what is sinful and what is not. Yeah, and that's also the beauty of the fact that with the church, we can turn to the church and for Absolutely. her teaching, right? And uh, turn to the catechism and the teachings of the yeah. church because it's all there to unpack, right? It's all there to uh, to reflect on and yeah, use so it and use as a reference too. For sure. Yeah, so thank you. I thought we could also talk about the unforgottenfaces.org. I'm sure that some people wonder what that is too. Uh, your yeah. other website, and you said that's about the work that you did. I don't know. Are, so are you still doing that work too with the Ethiopia? Yes, 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 yes. So we uh, serve um, single moms and their children in Ethiopia. We help to come alongside moms who are living below the poverty line and mm -hmm. trying to do it on their own, trying to raise their children. 
Um, again, we could come in with a lot of judgment and be like, why are you having kids? You know what? I've never lived in these people's shoes. They are where they are. Can we meet them where they're at and help them? Like that's, that, that's it. Whether we're here in the States, whether we're in Ethiopia, wherever, it's like, I have a shirt. I was wearing it today actually around campus and it's, it's from Mother Teresa. Well, it's not her shirt, but it's her quote. And it yeah. says, it says, uh, if you're judging people, you don't have time to love them. Mm, one of my favorites. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we think like, oh, judgment. No, you can say what is right and what is wrong, but I'm not going to judge someone's life. I, I haven't lived it. But if they want to have a discussion, let's talk and let's talk real, but let's communicate, right? Like let's have mm -hmm. a real conversation, not just I've got to convince you of something or you have to convince me. That's, that's not communicating. So no. anyway, I love please. that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. There's, there should be no um, hardcore convincing because uh, it's the, it, the dialogue is there, the truth is there, and what you're doing is you you have developed this relationship with God, and God brought you to ministry, and so what you're doing is just sharing your story, and sharing what God has done for, for to you with you, and also inviting right. It's an invitation. That's what it is. It's an invitation for them to learn more. Just last night, I met with a group um, uh, that at a particular university, the LGBTQIA plus community, um, and they wanted to meet. We had a little meal together and we talked and we shared and it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And awesome. I said, and, what, and I opened up, I said, what I would love to hear from, from you, beautiful little souls, is if I said something that was offensive, can you let me know? Now, what I'll tell you is I'm not going to change the truth, but I can always look at how I'm saying it, right? And so I'm not going to change what God has called true. That's not my place. And, and I would be doing someone a disservice and I would actually be harming them if I did that in my own life or for someone else. But I want to grow in, in love. And how, how did that make you feel when I said that, right? Well, Kim, it kind of, you know, and so if we're not open and, and humble enough to, um, which we all should be praying like, Lord, humble us, please, because it's, it's, him and i think that's the increase of the fear of the lord when we realize it's not being afraid of god it's this realization of god you are everything and and i'm just like nothing but you love me and and you want to teach me and and so it's just it should be a very humbling thing but so in that yeah it like i said whether it's here in the states or it's in ethiopia um i just think it's so important that we we come alongside each other and we listen we learn to listen um and not listen to just speak right um but we really listen where someone's at and pray with each other and and be vulnerable as well i i'm willing to share where i struggle i am not saying i never don't that i never have same-sex attraction i just don't have the desire to fulfill it anymore mm. and i that's by god's grace but i crave cheesecake but i eat super healthy so i, I <laughs> and, he, and look he just taught me a healthy cheesecake that i can make so there's always ways that he wants to fulfill certain desires in us right and so we just do we trust him enough? Do we trust that really Abba Father, God our Father loves us and wants to talk to us? He wants to fulfill these desires, right, in his ways. And when we let him do that, we'll start to see it. Jesus said he came to give us life and life abundantly. That's a, that's a beautiful phrase there, abundant life. It didn't say life without struggles. It didn't say life without temptation, or temptation but life abundantly. That's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, it really is. I love your ministry and and I love the gentleness about the way that you approach all of this. And that's exactly what it is. And that's why it's an honor for you to for me to have you on Journeys in Faith. And I know on this very network, Fiat Ministry Network. So um I hope you would come back again because we love interviewing you. You came on, as I said, to Patchwork Heart Ministry on Sewing Hope, and you came here. And, uh, and so we, we're going to stay in touch because I know that the audience here would probably love to, to hear from you again. With that said, um, is there any invitation that you have to our audience about things that are going on in 2021 or ways that they can help you to expand to, to, you know, to reach more people so that they can hear this message and your story? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I love constructive criticism. So um, I like to hear from someone that maybe doesn't agree and I, I want to hear the viewpoints, you know, so I, reach out whether you, you know, overcome men. It's not men. It's not overcome men. It's no, <laughs> it's overcome M-I-N short for ministries. Um, but you can reach out. I, I do the best I can to, to respond to people personally. I take it to prayer. 
Um, but I, it helps grow me and learn. I'm, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I'm a student and I pray I'm a student my whole life. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to always be learning. Um, and so I, I think open conversations. So yeah, if you want to reach out, you know, you don't understand something, you have questions, maybe something to just think about. I, I don't, it's not a book sale thing for me. Um, all the profits from the book go to Unforgotten Faces to help our ministry in Ethiopia. So, um, but there's a lot of details in the book that might give some answers to questions you have. So I have a lot of people reach out and they're like, but why this, why that? I'm like, did, did you check out the book? And it's not because I'm trying to sell books. It's just because that's why I wrote it. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I wasn't just yeah, bored. Yeah, it's a resource. It really is. I mean, it's good to have, I love books and I have so many, <laughs> whether they're physical books or, or online, because it's it's a great resource, easy thing that you can pick up and read again and again. Yeah. And, and as you had mentioned too, and you know, if it's like, wow, I, I really would love my parish to hear this or my young adult group or whatever it is, um, there's a submission form on online and we take that to prayer of, of where I'm supposed to go or maybe where I'm not at this time supposed to go. Um, so yeah, it's just, and, and for me, it's not even like, oh, money thing. I, I could, care less about money. I mean, my own family's like, Kim, you should probably care. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> so, and I'm not gonna, not gonna start now. So the Lord always provides. He provides. said, he I agree with you. I agree with you. So yeah, this show has been amazing. Thank you so much. We're, we're almost out of time. Um, did you have any final words before we end? No, I just, I please keep me in prayer and continue to keep your listeners in prayer as well. Amen. So thank you so much. And I thank you all for watching the show again. Please do check out her website at overcomemin.com and also the unforgottenfaces.org. We will see you here on Journeys in Faith next Friday night. God bless. Okay. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.